0: This, this is the Pat O'Keefe Show.
1: Uh, with you for another hour. Yankees, as we went to break, had first and second and nobody out. Down 4-1, Willie Calhoun at the plate. The Yankees are facing the young right-hander for the Boston Red Sox, Brian Bayo. He is 24 years old. He is from the Dominican Republic. one uh, 195 pounds. And he has made ten starts. This is his eleventh start this season. And coming into tonight, his season numbers three and four, three point seven eight ERA. Good looking young uh, pitcher. Good looking young prospect. And he looks great tonight. But again, he's he's facing a lineup that's half made up of guys that aren't supposed to be productive major league players at this point in their career or really at any point in their careers and then the other half of the lineup are guys who are supposed to be productive major league players and aren't productive so the Yankees have first and second nobody out down four to one Bayo pitches out of it they visited him at the mound and I thought for sure they were going to take him out they left him in and he gets a couple of ground outs to end the inning and once again the Yankees score a run in the first inning and then nothing after that what did Severino do in this game it was certainly better than his last two outings, but he tired in the fifth, and he gave up a couple runs in the fifth. His final line, five innings pitched, seven hits, four runs, three earned. He also struck out, uh, walked three, and he struck out six. So Severino's sitting there with an ERA of 6.30 right now. Wandy Peralta is on to try to keep the game at 4-1, to one, but let's be honest, and I, and I joked about it in the second inning when Severino had a one nothing lead. I said, there you go, Luis, there's your run. Make it stand up. That's what it feels like right now especially without Aaron Judge. But the biggest problem on this team is its offense. I mean, the offense is awful. The starting pitching isn't bad. The relief pitching is very good. It's the best bullpen statistically in Major League Baseball. The only thing missing with the Yankees' bullpen is is a true closer. But Holmes has been great the last month. I mean, it looks like first half of the season, Clay Holmes from last year when he was a Major League Baseball All-Star before he tailed off in the second half he's back to being that guy is he gonna continue at that level I don't know but overall the Yankees bullpen has been great and the Yankees starting pitching honestly has been has been adequate enough even without Carlos Rodon and a nice nifty one two three inning for Peralta but can the Yankees get any any runs Torres Rizzo and Stanton coming up in the eighth inning and this is it, this is it this is the inning this is the inning for the Yankees. The Yankees reminded me of a Little League team. I just got finished coaching uh, my son's 9-, 10-year-old wreck uh, baseball season. All right? And, you know, it's, it's it's rec baseball. It's not travel. So you get all different levels of players. And every team has 11, 12 guys on it. And really every team has about six guys that that are good. And then the, the bottom six – in the order, they generally tend to struggle. Baseball's not their sport or they're not whatever. Whatever the reason is. It, it, it's sports, right? There's different skill levels for everybody. And the key to coaching in this rec league is when your top six batters come up, you gotta score. Because the bottom six batters who struggle are generally not gonna put a lot of offense on the on the board unless the other team's pitcher is like walking the yard. All right, So when your top Four, top five, when you know when you have two, three, four in your lineup coming up, you've got to do damage that inning because after a certain point, the lineup tails off and the offensive production is slow to come by. That's the Yankees right now. Like seriously, if, if I'm facing the Yankees, and I'm looking at th- this is this is actually the Yankees' best chance for runs in this game. It's Torres, it's Rizzo, it's Stanton, it's Donaldson. And this is the problem with the Yankees this year. Torres has been fine. Has it been great? I don't even know if I would say he's been good. I think the word to describe Glaber Torres' season is fine. Rizzo was really good the first two months. Then he got hurt against San Diego at the end of May, and he has not been the same guy since. He is really struggling. Stanton has done nothing. What are Stanton's numbers this season? He's 0-2 today with a walk and a couple of strikeouts. Stanton this season... 211, six homers, and 13 RBIs. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. $32 million. It's June, what is it? June 18th. $32 million. It's June 18th, and the guy's got 13 runs batted in. And then you have Josh Donaldson who's batting 154. But those are the guys that need to carry the offense right now. Those are the guys that need to carry the offense because after that, you got the Billy McKinney's. Oswaldo Cabreras, Kyle Higashiokas, Anthony Volpes, Jake Bowers. So this is the inning that the Yankees have to do damage. And then the other part of the equation, why there's not a lot of relief in sight. Well, obviously we know what the relief is. It's Aaron Judge, who's out with the toe injury that he suffered in Los Angeles two Sundays ago, two weekends ago. Buster Olney this week on DPH and Rothenberg was asked when we can see Judge again.
0: I think they're absolutely sincere. When Aaron Boone tells you, when Hal Steinbrenner tells you they don't know how long it's gonna take. But I based on the conversations I've had, I think they would be thrilled if he came back by the all-star break because with a toe injury you know what they're concerned about is effectively a turf toe thing developing with him because when you're talking about someone who's six seven at 282 pounds all that torque that he puts on that right big toe when he swings that's the anchor in his swing you know that can be touchy they also have to let that injury completely heal so i, I think he's going to be out a lot longer than people anticipated
1: and what are the yankees going to look like then When he comes back, and this is the problem. Yes, the Yankees offense falls off a cliff without judge in the lineup. He's the best player in the sport. He's the best player on the team. He's the best player in the sport, but it shouldn't completely go bankrupt without him with guys like Torres who just popped out to start the eighth inning or Rizzo or Stanton or Donaldson or LeMahieu. And that's the problem. It's a bunch of empty calories that you're spending on these guys. You're spending $32 million on Stanton, and he's got 13 runs batted in. You're spending $15 million on DJ LeMahieu. You're spending $9.5 million on Gleyber Torres. Compared to those other guys, he's a bargain. You're spending $21 million on Josh Donaldson, and he's batting 154. I know batting average doesn't carry the importance that it did a generation ago in baseball or even a decade ago, but 154 is 154. I'm sorry, there's no way you could spin a 154 batting average into it being a positive thing. So the Yankees are just spending a lot of money on production that they're not getting. And the Mets are even worse after their 8-7 loss to the Cardinals. And I started to mention this earlier and got sidetracked, but let's go back to the Mets and why it is so frustrating that they're in the position they're in with, by far and away, the highest payroll in Major League Baseball, and they're five games below five hundred. As we approach the midway point of the season. The Mets were. Roundly credited. With going on this spending spree in the offseason. And. Showing their fans that they are serious about winning. And showing that this is a new regime under Steve Cohen. Than it was under the Will Wilpons. And showing that they will spare no expense. And you know, look largely the efforts of Steve Cohen. And the financial commitment that he's made does give you that feeling. But the question is, is it smart spending? And where did the money go in the offseason? Well, let's go through the Mets offseason. Jacob DeGrom leaves, and they replace him with Justin Verlander. So you spend $43 million a year on Justin Verlander, but that's essentially a wash. You replace Jacob DeGrom with Verlander. And actually, as that's turned out, Verlander has not been as good so far this year as DeGrom was last year. All right? You spent $20 million a year, $100 million contract on Edwin Diaz. We know what happened with Diaz. But unfortunately, that's $100 million. That's $20 million a year that unfortunately is just not being used on the field right now because of the unfortunate injury he suffered in the World Baseball Classic. That's not the Mets' fault. They made the right move by locking him up. He was the best closer in baseball last year. He was a huge part of their success. What happened was unfortunate, but you have to take that into consideration when you're looking at, quote-unquote, all the money the Mets spent. How much of that money actually went on the field to improve the team? So now we're up to $63 million in salary this year between Verlander and Edwin Diaz, and Verlander has been awash at best replacing DeGrom, and Diaz is out for the season. Then you have Brandon Nimmo, and he got a huge, huge raise, up to $20 million a year. But did that improve the team? No. He wasn't an addition. He was a re-signing, and he's an important player. He's outside of Pete Alonzo, their best offensive player this season. Got another couple hits today, drove in a couple of runs. His OPS is 820. His on-base percentage is 380. Brandon Nimmo is doing what he's paid to do. But again, now that's $20 million, and did it improve the team? No, it kept the status quo. It basically just brought him back. Just like Aaron Judge didn't, re-signing Aaron Judge did not improve the Yankees, it kept the status quo in that spot on the roster. So now, $43 million for Verlander, $20 million for Diaz, $20 million for Nimmo. That's $83 million you spent this offseason, and you have not yet improved the team. You've just kept, at best, the status quo. And then, and I've said this point all the time, the Carlos Correa situation happened right in the midst of this great spending spree. And look, Steve Cohen... Got on the phone with John Heyman of the New York Post and said we needed one more piece and Carlos Correa was that piece and I took care of it after Correa's contract with the Giants fell through and Cohen swooped in with all of his money and after what he had already done bringing in Verlander, re-signing Diaz before he got injured, re-signing Brandon Nimmo, that was the last piece. Except the problem is, and that was another $30 million in salary, the problem is the Mets actually didn't spend that money, but I think Mets fans, as they think back to last offseason, in their minds, that's like part of the spending spree—the Carlos Correa. And yeah, Cohen did commit to that contract with Correa, provided that he passed the physical. But once he didn't pass the physical, it's almost like you need to kind of, you know, it's like when 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 you're in court and you tell the jury you have to disregard that last statement, you have to stricken that last statement from the record, that's very difficult to do when you heard something to unremember something. And it's been very difficult for Mets fans. So in Mets fans' minds, I think the Mets actually get credit for spending $30 million a year on Carlos Correa. And if you do in your mind, even if it's subconscious, and that's part of the equation for you, now we're up to $113 million in salary, and you did not improve the team. $113 million between Verlander to replace DeGrom, between Diaz, who hasn't played, between Nimmo to replace Nimmo, and between Correa, who's not actually on the team. And that's how you get to the highest payroll in baseball when you have to spend, and let's take Correa out of the equation now because the contract never was signed. But let's leave it to Nimmo and Diaz and Verlander. That's $83 million in salary. That's more than the entire payroll of the Tampa Bay Rays, the best team in baseball, on three guys, and it did not improve the team. So you spent all that money, and you still have all of these holes. You still don't have a good bullpen. And again, a big reason for that is Diaz. You you brought in David Robertson, and he was supposed to be the setup man, and if everybody goes down one rung on the pecking order from where they actually are, then yes, your bullpen's a lot deeper but injuries happen in baseball. I know this was a freak injury and it didn't actually happen playing for this team and wearing this uniform, but injuries happen in baseball. And they spent $83 million in salary and did not improve the team. And then on top of that, and this is where the Mets and the Yankees have a lot of similarities. The guys that are the established major league players that are supposed to be producing are not producing Francisco Lindor, Starling Marte, Jeff McNeil, Mark Canna, Eduardo Escobar, that's half the lineup. That's half the lineup that's not producing. Who's producing? Alonso's producing, and he's back now finally. Nimmo's producing, and Alvarez is producing. It's 33% of your lineup where you can actually sit here and say, I'm comfortable with what I'm getting offensively from those guys. And for the Yankees, I think the percentage is even lower, which is why the Yankees, again, I said that was the inning where they got to do some damage. 2-3-4 coming up. They went 1-2-3. And it's 4-1 to one Red Sox in the bottom of the eighth inning. The Yankees are on the verge of getting swept out of Fenway Park and looking absolutely lifeless doing so. one 800 We will open up the phone lines as we continue here on 98.7 ESPN New York.
0: This, this is the Pat O'Keefe Show.
1: Tightening up at the U.S. Open again. Wyndham Clark is at 11 under par, a two-shot lead over Rory McIlroy. Clark is on the 16th green putting. McIlroy is through 16. Clark just lipped out a putt that I can't tell if it was for par or for birdie. If it was for par, then McIlroy is going to get a step closer here, but trying to follow along as we host the show. Uh, Final round, U.S. Open, Los Angeles Country Club. Uh, In Fenway Park, meanwhile, Yankees and Red Sox. Yankees bullpen once again doing its job in the bottom of the eighth inning. Tommy Canely is on, but the Yankees still trail 4-1 and on the verge of being swept in this three-game weekend series in Fenway Park against the Red Sox. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to Robbie in Massachusetts. Robbie, what's going on, man? Hey,
0: Pat, it's good to talk to you. It's been a while. Uh, I I do such a great job with the Rangers. I'll I'll mention the Rangers after because they're my favorite team, but let's talk about my second favorite team of 50 years I had a uniform from Joe Pepitone I was um, a kid. He used to say, Listen, I am so disgusted watching this team. You know, my girlfriend asked me why I wasn't watching the Yankee and why I was watching the U.S. Open. The U.S. Open is a lot more exciting than watching this team. Look, let, we have to figure out the fact that and, and understand that we have a bunch of guys that are playing that are over the hill. Okay? Well, may I'm sorry. These guys have to pick it up and be professional about it. So I'll get you started from that. And the other thing about the Rangers, I don't care, you know, if it's Peter Laviolette, I would love to have seen Dobbs get the opportunity to coach because, to me, you know, you bring up some players to the minor leagues, you pay your dues, just like John Cooper, I'm thinking of, is a great example of the guy who ran through the ranks and has great success in the NHL. So I was upset that they went with the safe thing because I think Drury's is to, to his job. I actually Patty. And knocked it 4 check hole. So, anyway, man, you do a great job. Like I said, uh, I really enjoy the broadcast because up here when I'm doing the satellite, most of the time they're away games. So, uh, and uh, my, my radio show up here, we just won a national award, of science award. So, I'm really excited about our show up here in Massachusetts.
1: So. That's great, you know, Robbie.
0: But anyway, yeah, yeah, thanks, man. Great sure. Keep up the good work. I'll just get the positive. I'm just tired of this team. The same construction with Dash, man. It's a bad team. Sorry about that.
1: It's yeah. a bad team. Congrats on the award. Always good to hear from you. Thanks for the call, man. Uh, yeah, the, the the problem with the Yankees is, yeah, you're right. Like, And let's take them one by one because th- these guys, it, it, it's clear some, if not all of them, are over the hill. Um, let's start with Donaldson. You, you, you knew he was over the hill. I think you wanted to get off the Gary Sanchez contract so bad that you took on an equally – I shouldn't even say equally. You actually took on a worse contract than Josh Donaldson. But I also think you were hoping – to catch lightning in a bottle. That hasn't happened. The DJ LeMahieu piece of this has really hurt them. Because LeMahieu was a finalist for the American League Most Valuable Player in 2020. And then he became a free agent. And the Yankees signed him for what seemed at the time to be a bargain of $15 million per year. And he just hasn't been the same guy ever since then. And I don't think it's the case of he signs the contract and he got lazy. I just think he's had injuries. He's getting older. And DJ LeMay, he was not the same player that he was his first three years in pinstripes. His first three years in pinstripes, he was one of the best hitters in the American League. Glaber Torres is Glaber Torres. You know what you're getting. And on this team, like in this lineup tonight, Glaber Torres is your best hitter. So it's frustrating. And, and I agree with our caller, though. He does not have a good baseball IQ. On this team... Does Torres frustrate you because you want more from him? Yeah, he does. But then on the other side of that coin, he's your best player. The two biggest things that have hurt the Yankees are Stanton always getting hurt, and now that he's playing, he's not being productive, and DJ LeMahieu not being the same player that he was uh, prior to 2021. Those are the two biggest things right now. And again, I, I look, I've never been the biggest Boone fan, and I'll also say this. Regarding Boone, regarding Cashman, if you're doing the same thing with like, there's such a short lifespan in baseball, in all sports, for managers and general managers. There's such a small lifespan, right? Like, we're, I I took calls tonight. Guys want Buck Showalter fired. So, uh, some guy said he had Alzheimer's, which was an absurd statement to make. I think he was trying to be funny, but Buck Showalter last year was the toast of the town. He was the guy who Mets fans wanted for years. They passed him over a couple of times. They finally brought him back to New York, and he was everything that you wanted him to be last year for 158 games. And then they went down to Atlanta. They got swept. They fell out of the division lead. They had to go through the wild card, and they never recovered from that. DeGrom and Scherzer, especially Scherzer, were not good when they needed them to be in the postseason, and the season ended abruptly. And now this year, the team is not constructed well, and I put that more on Epler than Showalter. I've always been a huge Showalter guy. Now, I had a problem with a couple of things that he did today. I did not like the way he managed the bullpen today. I didn't understand bringing in Robertson in the eighth when you weren't going to keep him out there in the ninth, especially after he only needed eight pitches to get through the eighth inning. But Walter decided to do that. He brought in Adovino. Adovino gave up the game-winning home run, and the Mets lose another game. But my point is the shelf life for managers and coaches in sports is so, so small and short. I got a call earlier today Saying that it's time for Buck to go. This is his sec. He hasn't even been here a year and a half. He was the manager of the year last year. So that brings me to Aaron Boone. Do I think what's going on with the Yankees is Aaron Boone's fault? I don't. You look at the Yankees lineup, it's disgusting. Bowers leading off, and he's been your best hitter lately. Glaber Torres. Rizzo, underperforming. Stanton, underperforming. Donaldson, pathetic. Billy McKinney's your sixth hitter. Waldo Cabrera's your seventh. Higashioka's your eighth. And Anthony Volpe's your ninth hitter. That's not Aaron Boone's fault. You know, there's no Aaron Judge. There's no Harrison Bader. LeMayhu's getting a day off tonight, because God forbid, you know, somebody plays seven straight days in a week. I mean, the Yankees had two days off, by the way, this week. They didn't play on Monday before the Subway Series, and they didn't play on Thursday after the Subway Series. So why? Look, I know it's a doubleheader today, but. You need to win games. You're you're, uh, two strikes here away from getting swept with Volpe at the plate uh, with two outs here in the top of the ninth inning. That's not Boone's fault. But my point here is in a sport where the shelf life for being the coach or the manager is so small, this is year what? 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. This is his sixth year as the Yankees manager. What have they done, right? He took over a team that the year before he got to New York came within a game of reaching the world series managed by Joe Girardi. And then in 2018, they lose in the ALDS 2019. They lose in the ALCS 2020. They lose in the ALDS 2021. They lose in the wild card game 2022. They get swept in the ALCS. You know, even if it's not his fault at, at what point do we change the message here? Cause clearly, and, and then, You add Brian Cashman on top of it, and he's been here since 1998 as the general manager. And since 2000, he has won one World Series in the last 22 years. Volpe strikes out swinging to end the game. Yankees, just like in Game 1 today, score three batters into the game and then absolutely nothing the rest of the way. Kenley Jansen closes out for the Red Sox. So the Red Sox sweep the Yankees. They sweep the doubleheader today. They sweep the three-game series. Yankees have lost four games in a row, and they are now 39 and 33. And again, if you heard Buster Olney's cut earlier this hour, uh, from earlier in the week on DPH on Rothenberg, he wouldn't be surprised if Aaron Judge is out until beyond the All Star break. So, what does that look like? Let's take a quick look at the Yankee schedule. If you don't see Judge, what, what, what's coming up for this Yankees team without Aaron Judge? Because clearly, they're they don't even resemble a major league team. They're off again tomorrow. I mean. Maybe you could have run DJ out there for two games today. You're off tomorrow. Seattle's in for three. Texas is in for three. And then you head out to Oakland for three. Three at St. Louis. Four at home for Baltimore. And then the Cubs. I mean, that's a lot of games without Judge. Three, six, nine, 12, 16, That's 19 games, more games. He's already been out for two weeks. It's 19 more games without Aaron Judge, potentially, if he can make it back by the All-Star break. Where are the Yankees going to be then? Right? Seattle, they're talented. Texas is in first place. You know, Oakland, you should beat. You should beat St. Louis, but look what they just did to the Mets this weekend. Four games against Baltimore, third best record in all of baseball, and then you have Chicago. It's not looking good. It's not looking good at all for the Yankees or for the Mets. Update on the U.S. Open, which is coming down to the wire as we continue here on 98.7 ESPN New York.
0: This, this is the Pat O'Keefe Show. Mets lose two out of three to the Cardinals. I I, I held off largely
1: on talking about the Yankees during the show because... Figure most people who are interested slash disgusted by the Yankees were watching the game. If you're with me now, please share your thoughts because what's going on with the Yankees is just unacceptable. All right. They're missing all right, they're missing two guys. They're missing Harrison Bader, who's never been known as an offensive juggernaut. This team is missing one guy in the lineup. Now, is he the best guy? Yeah. Is he the best guy on the team? Yeah. Is he the best guy in baseball? Yeah. But they're missing one guy. Baseball is a sport in which there are nine guys in the lineup and everybody has to produce. And it's literally the one sport where one guy has the least amount of chance of winning games by himself. All right. It's the most democratic of all the sports. All right. Basketball, the Knicks are playing a tight game in the fourth quarter. Jalen Brunson's going to take most of the shots. Baseball, it's a close one-run game. At most, Aaron Judge is going to have one more at-bat than Anthony Volpe. Let me pause here for a moment as Rory McElroy taps in for par. So Rory's done. Nine under par. He shoots a 70 here in the final round. All right? Wyndham Clark, who just teed off on 18, is at minus 10. So again, Clark pars this final hole. He wins the U.S. Open. If he bogeys, then he and McElroy go to a playoff. But the Yankees, back to them, they just got swept by the Red Sox in a three-game series at Fenway Park. Last weekend at Yankee Stadium, remember the Yankees gagged away that game on Sunday night. That awful, awful miscue by Glaber Torres uh, allowing the ball to get by him at second base as he lazily let it scoot by him. Allowing the leadoff runner to get to second. It led to the tying run, and it allowed Boston to win the game in extra innings. All right. The Yankees gagged that game away. That gave the Red Sox a series win two games out of three last weekend. And then they turn around this week and they sweep them. They absolutely pummel them on Friday night when the Yankees were pathetic in the field. Josh Donaldson couldn't make plays to get out of an inning. Anthony Rizzo fielded a ground ball that was hit directly at the second baseman, and then when he fielded, it was wondering why no one was covering first base because he was supposed to be covering first base because he's the first baseman. But the biggest problem with this team is they cannot hit the ball. They are stale. They are powerless. Tonight, they went 0 for 11. 0 for 11 with runners in scoring position. They had guys on base all night in this game, and this is a game that they were playing to try to avoid a three-game sweep. In the two games today, the Yankees did not score a run after the first inning. Game one, Glaber Torres batting third. It's a two-run home run with one out in the first inning. Nothing the rest of the game. Game two, Anthony Rizzo batting third after the first two runners got on. Grounds out to score Jake Bowers. Nothing the rest of the game. The Yankees in two games today had three runs and nine hits. Three runs and nine base hits against the Red Sox. The Red Sox aren't any good. The Yankees are worse. The Yankees have breathed life into the Red Sox season the last week. The one thing you could say about the Yankees before last weekend series against Boston was, yes, it's a tough division. You've got Tampa Bay, the best team in baseball. You've got the Orioles, the third best record in baseball. You've got the Blue Jays, and you're just waiting for them to put everything together. Okay, they're right there in the mix. At least in this toughest of tough divisions in Major League Baseball that the Yankees are in, at least the Red Sox seemed to be a non-factor. Well, guess what? The Yankees, between last weekend and this weekend, losing five out of six to that team, the Yankees just gave them life. And what is wrong with these guys? These are professional, highly paid, Major League Baseball players who cannot produce. And it's pathetic. It is such a poorly constructed team. And the players who are supposed to be carrying the weight, are doing absolutely nothing. Rizzo tonight goes 0 for 3. Second and third, you get a walk to lead off the game by Bowers, and then Torres doubles. You have Anthony Rizzo, your number three hitter up, second and third, nobody out. How about knocking a ball into the gap, scoring two runs, and setting yourself up for a big inning? Instead of rolling over on one, grounding out, Yes, you get credit for an RBI, but that completely stops the momentum of the inning. You're supposed to be the number three hitter. Rizzo was 0 for 3. Stanton, 0 for 3. Three strikeouts. Donaldson, 0 for 3. Those are the established guys. All right, Torres went 2 for 4. Torres did his job. As I said earlier, Glaber Torres always seems to do just enough. And on this team... He's the golden child, especially without Aaron Judge. But what are you getting from Rizzo? What are you getting from Stanton? What are you getting from Donaldson? And then the other guys that come up, they're not even prospects. You know, Oswaldo Cabrera was a nice story last year. Great energy, versatile, terrific kid. Played well, got big hits. But he was never a highly touted prospect, and you're seeing that this year. Billy McKinney has been passed from team to team to team to team. He's your starting center fielder. Volpe's in his own category. All right? Volpe's down to 189. I still think the Yankees are doing the right thing by running him out there every single uh, game. I I do. Derek Jeter had his struggles in 1996. And I know people hate the comparisons between the two, but how can you not make comparisons between a 21-year-old starting shortstop from New Jersey in 96 and a 21-year-old starting shortstop from New Jersey in 2023? All right? Now, Jeter's struggles were not as bad as Volpe's. He was never batting 189, but it was also a different sport back then. Nobody batted 189. You know, 189 in this line. Think about it. 189, he's ahead of Donaldson's 151. He's right there with Oswaldo Cabrera's 190. I mean, that's what you're talking about with this team. There is absolutely no punch on this team. You get a decent bounce back pitching performance from Severino. Again, three lockdown innings from the bullpen Marinaccio, Peralta, Canely, and you walk away scoring one run. You got nine base hits. You played 18 innings today, and you got nine base hits, and you got three runs, and you didn't score a single run after the first inning in either of those games. The Yankees are now 39-33. and 33. They have big, big problems and are in big trouble here in 2023. We'll put a bow on the U.S. Open as we wrap up our show next on 98.7 ESPN New York.